So we are in our third week of our Familiar Stranger series, and our hope is that over the last few weeks, as we've been teaching you about the person of the Holy Spirit, that he is becoming a little bit more familiar and a little bit less of a stranger. Okay, we've looked at the person of the Holy Spirit, how he is a person to know, who we can build a relationship with him, not a force to capture. And then we've looked at, Jason spoke last week about the power of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's power works in us. It's forming us from the inside out, producing good fruit in us, helping us to become more kind, loving, um, generous, more self-controlled, okay? The Holy, it's the Holy Spirit's power that helps us to become more like Jesus. But not only that, not only does he work in us, his power works through us. Jason acknowledged last week, made it very clear that all the scriptures say each, every, all of us, every single person sitting here today that is following Jesus, the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, a special gift. That, and that gift is meant to be used to serve one another, to grow the kingdom of God. Each of us has a gift, and it's through the gifts that the Holy Spirit works through us in a powerful way. Okay, our world is broken. Our world is hurting. And it's through the church that, that God has a plan to heal the world. And it's through the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to make an impact, to serve each other and to reach our world with the life-giving message of Jesus. And so something, the first little thing that I want to point out today is that we are the church, okay? Every believer has been given a gift. When we talk about the church and how God wants to use the church, the church is the hope of the world, we are not talking about the building. We are not talking about the staff. The staff don't aren't the church, when people say, oh, the church should do this, or why doesn't the church do that? They're not, like, you can't, the staff is not the church, the building is not the church. I'm looking at the church right now. Okay, you are the church, you are the church, you are the church, you are the church. Together, we are what the Bible calls the bride of Christ, and it is for the church that Jesus is coming back one day, for you and for me, and it is through the church that God empowers us to make a difference in this world. And so today, we're going to be talking about purpose, okay? The Holy Spirit gives us purpose, the second thing I need to just mention as we talk about this is that different is good. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul addresses the church in Corinth, and he uses the image of a body to explain what the church actually looks like. And from verse 12, he says, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So that was their context back then. Our context today is that our church is diverse. Okay, if I look over this church, there are people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different genders, um, different socioeconomic statuses. Um, we are diverse, but in God's, in God's eyes, diversity is a good thing, okay? Different is good. So in the same way, what Paul's saying is in the same way that a family 
can be completely different. You can have two kids, and they can be completely opposite of each other, but yet they're part of the same family because they have the same blood. They're part of the same bloodline. In the same way, the church, each of us are so different. We each have different gifts. We have different ways that we're called to serve God. We have different expressions of what that's going to look like, but because of the Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit is the same as what the blood does for a family. The Holy Spirit connects us and unifies us in our diversity. Okay, it is sin that says, my way is better than yours. It is sin that says, my burden is more important than your burden. It's sin that says, my gifting is better than your gifting or more important than your gifting. Satan brings that division. The Holy Spirit brings unity, unity in our diversity, because different is good. God loves variety. In verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Okay, we all have a part to play, and each part looks different, but when we bring those parts together, it functions, it works well. But our bodies are many parts, have many, many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. We don't get to choose our gifts, but we do get to choose what we do with our gifting. How strange the body would look if it only had one part. Neither of the parts, it goes on to say, neither of the parts can say, I don't need you, because <laughs> you need everything. Okay, in 22 it says, in fact, some parts of the body may, that may seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You see, my head might be the most prominent, and for some of us, it might be what, what draws the most attention, but if my heart stops beating, my head can't do anything. Okay, so you might not see my heart, but it is important. I need my heart to keep beating, otherwise my head has no value. And it is the same in the body of Christ. There might be some gifting, there might be some ministries where it seems prominent, where it seems like, okay, I don't have a preaching gift, I'm not, no use for the body. No, we need a heart. We need the church to have a heartbeat. People who love people, who are willing to serve wherever, however it takes. We need people back in the production making all of this happen. We need the people whose hearts beat with mercy, who are reaching out, who are ministering to people in their need. We need every part. Every part is vital. And often the most unseen parts are the most valuable. So never say that you're not needed. Never say that you, you are not important. 26, verse 26 says, If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. We all have a part to play, and we all need to play our part. Mother Teresa says, I can do what you cannot do, and you can do what I cannot do. Together, we can do great things. Ephesians 4, I love how Paul puts it in Ephesians 4, verse 16. He says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, we don't want a limping church. We don't want a deformed church. We need the body to be healthy. And in order for that to happen, every single person here 
needs to be walking in the gifting that God gave you. If God has given every single person a gift, which is clear in Scripture, that every single person that is following Jesus has a gift, then why would he not have a purpose for you? If he has a purpose for you, he would gift you with something. He has gifted you, so he has a purpose for you. You have a role to play. You have a purpose in God's kingdom. Okay, then thirdly, I just wanted to clarify a few questions. So I've just labeled it got questions, okay? I'm sure that there are quite a few questions around the topic of gifts, the Holy Spirit, and so just quickly a few. What's the difference between natural gifts, developed gifts, and spiritual gifts? Simple answer is that everyone is born with natural gifting, okay? Some people are great at sports, some people are artistic, artist, which is, which one's the right one? Can do great at art, okay? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we're all gifted with something, but that's natural abilities, okay? That's for the saved and the unsaved. The difference between spiritual gifts is that it's only for those who are filled with the Spirit. So, if you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit has, has come to live with you. He's a good house guest. You know, back in the day, people would come to your house, they would give you gifts, we need to go back to that. Come on. Okay, when the Holy Spirit came to live with us, he brought you give at least one gift or many gifts. And so, we, so that's, that's the difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are meant to be used for ministry, for the kingdom. Secondly, aren't we all called to be merciful, hospitable, to give, to evangelize? The answer is yes. Okay, we are all made in God's image. And the Holy Spirit is continually working in us to help us to become more and more like Him, to, to grow more into His image. But the lesson here is that where we are not gifted, we need to put spiritual practices in place. Okay, so for some, mercy comes naturally. Okay, you, you just, you hurt when people hurt, and you're moved to do something about it. For, other of us, for others, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to put a spiritual discipline in place to, to follow God's, to be obedient to God's word, which says, be merciful like I am merciful. Okay, we need to actually, sorry, I just need to turn these things off. Announce, I'm getting all the messages. There we go, airplane mode. Okay, I'm back. So, some of us can find great joy in giving, where we like, oh my gosh, I, like, I plan my life around giving. Others are like, oh, yes, God, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you've asked, okay? It's, it's a little bit harder. We have to try and be joyful in giving, and we have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until it becomes a little bit more natural. So, yes, we are all called to be all of these things, but the Holy Spirit gifts some people with a supernatural ability to do this in a way that, that advances his kingdom and where you see great, um, a lot, lot more result, results than the rest of us. That doesn't mean that we don't have to develop our gifts. So even if we're gifted at giving, we need to keep using that gift. We need to be faithful with that gift. We need to keep growing that gift in order to bring God glory. Okay, thirdly, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? Okay, you guys listening. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, John Thompson has a great 
thing that he calls the rule of dots, and I love this. He says, okay, if, say, in generosity, okay, you, you see a need and you, you give something and you think, oh, that felt good. I kind of like giving. That's nice. Okay, that's a dot. Then there's another time where you see a need and you think, sure, I need to, like, I need to be able to move something in my life to be able to provide for this need. Like, Zambia needs this thing. You know what? I can sell, we can sell our second car. I'm going to take this money and I'm going to give it to Zambia. And you think, oh, I enjoyed that. That was great. That's a second dot. Then you start thinking, hey, this happens quite often to me. I really enjoy giving. It brings me great joy. I see needs that other people don't see. Maybe this could be a spiritual gift. Okay, so you start putting the dots together. Then you ask the Holy Spirit to affirm it. Okay, you spend time with God and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I feel like you might have given me the gift of generosity. Like, is this... Okay, so, are we on? So, is this from you, and how do you want me to use this for your kingdom? Then, a great thing to do would be to go to your um, community, whatever that looks like. So, maybe it's your life group, maybe it's your serving teams, and say, hey, guys, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit might have given me the gift of giving. What do you guys think? And chances are that they're going to be like, um, duh, <laughs> like you're the most generous person we know. Okay, so, so people around you most likely already see it when you don't. So go and ask. Go and, and ask people what they think, people that you trust. Okay. Where you tend to be angry in church is generally, could be, where your gifting is. So when you're like, why does the church not do anything more for ne the needy people? Why aren't we serving the needy more? Maybe that's your gifting. Maybe you have the gift of mercy. Or when it's like, why? Why is everything so disorganized? Why is there no structure? If they just moved that there, if they just put this here, things would work better. Maybe you have the gift of administration. Okay. I remember a friend of mine coming to me and asking, like, why does the church not do anything for the prostitutes? Why, like, they're right on our doorstep. Why are we not reaching out? And I said, that's a good question. Why aren't you? true story. I was like, you are the church. Be the church. If you have the burden, most likely you have the gift. Grab people that have the same burden. Build something. Reach out. Be the church. Okay. How do I start using the gift in the church? Just start serving. Start serving some way. Okay. If you've identified an area where you think, okay, I just love serving, I just love giving, then join any team. Join a team, try it out, test it out, just start serving somewhere, and you'll be amazed how God might highlight gifts that you didn't even know you had. Or where you think, actually, no, this is just hard all the time, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Then you try something different, and there will be an area where, where something is lit up inside of you, and you're like, yes, I was made to do this. If, but, okay, something I just need to mention is that gifts do need to be developed. So if you're sitting here and you hear, um, I think Jason or Sue will talk about, say, the gift of teaching over the next weeks, and you think, oh, yes, I, I, this, like, this resonates. Please don't come to us and say, I'd like to preach in the next teaching series, please. 
because that's not quite how it works, okay? Jason mentioned it last week. He said fruit matters more than gifting. Okay, gifts need to be developed. Character needs to be built. You need to... um, there needs to be a relationship that's built. You need to, we need to see a servant heart. God needs to plant you in a church where you serve and you give, and he slowly but surely develops you. But what you could do is say, listen, that resonated. You know what? I'm going to join kids' church. I'm going to start leading a small group, and I'm going I'm to unpack the Bible story for these kids every week. That's what I did, and that's where I realized, sure, I really love this. Like, I love taking the Bible lesson and just like sitting with these kids and being like, and helping them to understand it, helping them to make sense of it and helping them to apply it to their life. And then I started teaching lessons in kids' church and thinking, this is the best part about kids' church is the teaching where you can take Bible stories and make them come alive for kids. And that's how you slowly, over time, by being consistent, by serving faithfully, how you grow and develop your gifting. Okay, so today, kind of on time, what I want to do is I want to unpack what we're calling the love gifts. Okay, so we've divided, like there's no exhaustive lists of gifts in the Bible. All the the theologians agree that, that not every gift is mentioned, that there are other gifts. There's no like one list of like these are all the gifts find your gift. There are a few different lists where they mention different gifts, but there's definitely more than that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a few of those. We've divided it into the the love gifts, the word gifts, and the power gifts. Okay, and so today I want to cover the love gifts. So love gifts manifest the love of God in practical ways. Love gifts are supportive in nature The love gifts are what comes alongside other ministries in the church and helps to make those happen. Often, they're actually doing the jobs that release other people to be able to work fully in their ministry. It's because God has put the church together to work well together. Okay, so what I'm going to do is there's four that I'm going to touch on today. And what I'm asking you to do is just to listen, okay, and to be open to open your heart and say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, highlight in me. If, if, if any of these four is something that you've put in me, just let my heart beat a little bit faster, you know, at that time. Or let me resonate, some, let something resonate with me. So just be open to allowing that. We are going to go into a few of the other gifts over the next few weeks. And so maybe today, maybe something doesn't resonate in you. But what I've found um, looking through all these gifts was I, I, it generated in me a greater um, appreciation for others in the church. It, it helped me realize, like, sure, this is an incredible gift. It's so necessary. Wow. And, it's, and as I went through the gifts, I thought, oh, my gosh, that person is totally has that gifting. And it, it helped me to really appreciate them and to see, sure, they are working in that gifting. They are an incredible, vital part of God's kingdom. And so if maybe one of these four isn't something that God's gifted you with, but allow it just to generate a bit of um, appreciation for the people around you that are working and giving to build what we have here today. So the first gift I want to cover is the gift of administration. Okay, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28, where Paul says, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, 
then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various gifts of tongues. Okay, other translations might call it guidance. There's a few different words for it. But this, this gift of administration doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a leadership gift, but it can also be partnered with a leadership gift. So you do often see leaders that have gifts of administration as well. But the gift of leadership is vision and inspiration. Okay, think of Moses. Moses had the gift of leading. He, goes, he went up to the mountain. He got a vision from God. He heard God's word. But then if you think of Aaron, okay, Aaron might have had the gift of administration. He helped to make that vision come to pass. He, um, the gift of administration supports the vision. Leadership is about the where and the what. The gift of administration is the how. How do we get there? So I've seen this gift at work, or I'm pretty sure that this, this couple or one of them might have this gift, where at our check-in system, okay, our kids check-in, we've got a vision that we want every child to be safe and secure. So we want to check them in, make sure that they've got a sticker, make sure that the parents are collecting the right children, not choosing different children when they come fetch their kids, okay? <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> but th we needed somebody with administration, okay? So there was a couple that signed up to serve, and they were like, whoa, guys, this is chaotic. They're like, no, 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 no. They were like, they actually, literally what they did is they drew a picture. And they were like, okay, if you put this here, and then you move this here, and then you put this, and then you have extra papers waiting so that it doesn't take too long, and then you have this, this will go much smoother. Here's how we implemented. And they implemented the change, and they're serving faithfully every week, week in, week out, helping make the check-in system run, guys, that could be the gift of administration at work. Okay, we had a vision. Somebody need to help, needed to help us make it work so that parents aren't waiting for an hour to check their kids. Aren't you happy that somebody used parents, that somebody used their gift so that you're not still out there checking in your kids? Okay, some, a definition that we have that I found is, it says it's the divine enablement to understand what makes an organization function and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that accomplish the goals of the ministry. Okay, so you're, you're good at the details, some identifying traits as you have an effortless life, an effortless skill for organizing tasks and people. You like to streamline and clarify the steps required to accomplish more complex tasks. You like to do things that help other people and don't mind managing things or carrying out the details involved. Okay, so if, if that's you, if you relate to any of that, maybe you just want to ask the Holy Spirit, like, is this something, is this something that I can use? Which, to be honest, every team could use someone with the gift of administrating, okay? At church, we have a vision. We want every person that walks through these doors to be clearly, to be warmly welcomed and clearly directed. That's our vision for our front teams, the teams that are on the front line, every person to be warmly welcomed and clearly directed. So the vision is there, but we need people to come onto the teams and say, hey, if you, if you put a host here and a host here, that would accomplish the, the vision better. If you changed this, if you did this, if we moved, if we had, we need more people, we need more this, we need, need to place them in different places. We need people like that to make that vision 
happen so that we can be a welcoming church, so that more people can hear the good news that Jesus loves them and give their lives to God. Okay, so that's the gift of administration. Secondly, helps. Okay, the gift of helps, also called serving. It's found in the same scripture. It says, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating. Okay, helps is also mentioned in a few other places in scripture. And a large percentage of people would have this gift in any given church. A definition is that the gift of helps refers to the capacity to unselfishly meet the needs of others through very practical service. People with this gift, with the gift of helps, find joy in doing the simple and often messy tasks that no one else or that others try to avoid. Okay, they are the foot washers and they are the ones that model, that are modeling the very life that Jesus modeled. Okay, Jesus was somebody who served. So Jesus came to serve, not to be served. So th- there's dignity in this gift because Jesus modeled this to us. So when we're living out this gift in our lives, we're actually following Jesus's example. It is often overlooked because often this gift actually helps or f- it frees up other people to work fully in their gift, which might be a little bit more seen than, than yours. It's often the unseen things. But remember the heart. This is the heartbeat of the church. This is what makes Jesus' love seen in this place. It demonstrates the love of God in the most practical way. Okay, some identifying traits. If you realize you have an urge to help others and you seem to notice without being told ways others can be assisted. You don't mind taking on behind-the-scenes work outside the spotlight, and actually enjoy doing what others um, have been avoiding. You do small things without expecting any credit, but simply for the joy of using a talent, ability, or skill to help others within the church. So this could even look like someone on the worship team that's like, I just love playing guitar. You know what? I want to use this gift it gives me joy just to use this gift, to go home and to, to, I mean, we don't see the hours that they put in at home practicing and learning new songs and, and, and doing what they, what, like doing the work in order for us to enter into the presence of God on a Sunday morning. It, you have a deeper A deeper enjoyment comes from seeing how your effort on behalf of others enables and encourages them to better use their own giftings. Okay, the church would be severely hampered without people walking in this gift. And just a caution for this gift. I think if we try, so if you've got the gift of helps, it is through the Holy Spirit that you serve. It is with his power that you serve. So you might be doing that day in and day out, but the moment you stop doing it in his strength, in his power, that's when bitterness can set in. That's when you can feel, am I just being used? Am I just being, like, am I just somebody's doormat? No. (laughs) And obviously, like, this gift might have been abused at some point, so have wisdom and, and, and speak to people, but don't do it in your own strength. Okay, start identifying. Like, I, can, I could probably preach without drawing on the Holy Spirit. It won't be as effective. But if I'm going to use my gift, I need to make sure that I'm drawing 
on the Holy Spirit, that it's through the Holy Spirit, through the gift that I am presenting God's word, because that's when it won't come back void. That's when the Holy Spirit will do something, and it's the same with helps. You need to be relying on the Holy Spirit. You need to be spending time with God. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then God's going to use your gift to do great things. Okay, I need to hurry. Thirdly, mercy. Okay, Romans 12, 6 to 8. In the NLT, it says, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. In the ESV, they use the word mercy. It says, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, this gift is about pity, compassion, and showing gracious favor. Mercy sees what someone needs, even when they may not see it themselves. The gift of mercy is not an emotion. This is important. It's not an emotion. It is a deep calling. So there's a difference between crying with somebody because you, you, know, you feel for them, but there's a difference when it moves you to do something. Okay, and I've seen this action, this inaction so much in the church. I think of, of, of one person in particular where there was a deep burden for people that are, are going through a, divo- a divorce. She felt for them. And so what did she do? She started something. She brought something in where we now have a program called Divorce Care where we can love and support people going through divorce. The same with um, people affected or families affected by drug abuse. Okay? There was somebody who felt deeply, who was like, we need to do something. We need to help these people. And so she was moved to start something called Hope, where now there is an environment where we can support and love people who are affected by drug abuse. It is the divine enablement to cheerfully and practically help those who are suffering and are in need. Mercy can be illustrated in the ways we are moved emotionally and willingly by the needs of another. It is the impulse to embrace a sinner. It is the willingness to weep with those who weep. Now, there's a difference. You might be thinking, but what's the difference then between helps and mercy? Well, it's in the person that receives it. So the gift of helps helps the body. It helps release other people into their gifting, to be able to do their gifting. So it's, it's, it's in the body. It's serving those who are in the body. The, gifts of, the gift of mercy is for those who are in dire need, for those who are in immediate distress. So for those that that need help, who need need tangible ways of getting out of their situation. Okay. Mercy is directed towards helping those in immediate distress. Giving, last one, okay? Romans 12, 6 to 8 says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. Okay, people with this gift have a deep sensitivity to God and a desire to channel resources to others, and they do it with joy, with right motive, and with great generosity. Okay, if this is your gift, then your motive won't be a tax deduction. Okay, that's not a bad thing. You can still claim that. That's fine. But that's not your motivation. Your motivation is that you see a need and you are moved to fulfill that need financially. All Christians are called to give. Okay, so you can be like, oh, that's not my gift. I hate giving. Okay, we are all called to give. We're all called to be generous. But when you have the gift of of giving, you give over and above and you give often. It's something that brings you great joy. I feel like we've been given this gift and 
so we are, we are quite intentional with our income or with our budget. We will sit and we'll actually look at our budgets and see, okay, like, and it just come, it's natural. It's just like, okay, well, how can we move things around so that we can give? When my sister decided to go to Zambia, we were like, okay, what can we change so that we can support them? Like, like they're going into the mission field. We need to be able to give to that, towards that. There's, when we see a need, it, it makes, like, it makes me sad when I can't give. And I'm like, come on, God, how do we not have any extra? How can we not give to this need? How can we see this and not be able to give? And so if you have a gift of giving, it, it brings joy when you give. That's the telltale sign is that giving brings joy to you and you're wanting, you're looking for ways to give over and above. And you know that this church is built on people giving, people with the gift of giving. There have been so many people that you don't even know about that have given ridiculously into the kingdom because God has equipped them with this gift. He's also equipped them with the ability to make money. And so we, we get to enjoy this because somebody used and developed and worked and walked in the gift that God gave them. Okay, in closing, run out of time. When I was praying... Okay, so there's, there's loads of gifts, and we're going to keep going through them. But if something resonated today, just, just keep praying into that. Okay, keep praying into that. If you want to look into what the other gifts and scriptures are, if you look on the YouVersion app right at the bottom, there should be four scripture references for four chapters in the Bible. Um, it's like 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, Romans 12, and there's another one. Um, Ephesians 4, thank you. <laughs> okay, it's in, in the bottom of the version notes. You can go and read those and see and start discovering what the other gifts are. But today, what I just wanted to leave with you, okay? When I was praying for this, this series and just for you guys, I saw this picture in my mind's eye of a bride. A beautiful, like, I can't explain it to you. She was exquisite, like a radiant just like nothing I've ever seen before, just so beautiful. And in the Word, God refers to the church as the bride of Christ. And I just thought, sure, you know what makes the church, the bride, radiant? You know what makes her exquisite is when she's empowered. When, when everyone is working, when the, when the body, when the church, when the bride of Christ is working in what God created them to do, when we're empowered to go and be who God created us to be. We are radiant for God. And I just had this prayer and I was like, Jesus, make us radiant. Like, well, I, wanna, I want the church to be the kind of bride where you are proud to represent us to your Father. Where we make you proud. Come on. Don't you want to stand with me? I want to leave you with this this morning. The same thing that Paul said to Timothy. He said in Timothy 1 verse 6, he said, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. He says, God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Okay, and that is, that is what I want to leave you with this morning. Church, can we fan into flame the gifts that God has given us? Like when you see a fire and there's just those few amb ambers, but when you fan it, when you bring air, when you breathe on it, there's the, there's the ability for that to flame again, for that to shine brightly again. And so I want to pray with you this morning 
And I want to trust that as we spend time with God this week, that He is going to fan into flame the gifts that He's given us. Because they start dying when we don't use them. Those embers start going out. But we can fan it back into flame. We can breathe life into it. And so Holy Spirit, I want to ask you this morning that you would fan into flame the gifts that you have given us. Holy Spirit, for everyone standing here and those watching online, God, as we just open our hearts to you, please show us, show us what it is that you have given us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your gifts. Thank you that you've given us special abilities, that we get to be a part of your plan. We get to be a part of your purposes in this world. Thank you that each one of us has a purpose. You have a plan for us. God, help us to recognize what you've given us in our life and help us to, as we put it into practice, as we develop those, as we just try, God, help us to, to remember that you haven't given us a spirit of fear. We don't have to fear. We can step out. We can try. God, but you've given us a spirit of love where we notice needs and can fill them. God, you've given us a spirit of, of power where we can step into what you've given us. And you've given us a spirit of self-discipline where we can put things in place in order to be obedient to you and to live the life that you've called us to live. So Holy Spirit, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our hearts to you. We commit our lives to you. And we ask that you would lead us and guide us. May we be the bride that we're meant to be. May we shine. May we be radiant for your glory, God. For your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.